the best short films for lifelong learning, recommended by teachers for teachers. This is Short Films Teachers Love, with your host, Richard Lee. Today we're diving into some topics that you won't find in many government schools at any level, and something that's been a lot of controversy about over the past decade. I'm talking about the topic of religion and spirituality. In fact, it's fair to say that these topics are what help define the three main schooling systems we have here in Australia, that is the government, the Catholic and the independent sectors. My guest today is a relatively young teacher at PLC, the Presbyterian Ladies College, which is an independent school in the leafy eastern suburb of, of Melbourne, Australia. She's a classroom teacher, but also has the title Student Ministry Coordinator at the school, which means she helps run chapel, Bible studies and Christian union meetings. She brings to this role uh, a background in multimedia and graphic design and it's this combination which I find particularly interesting and it was one of the reasons I invited her to join the teacher reference group we had for the old Campfire Film Foundation. Perry Winterberry, it's good to talk to you again. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. Perry, let me ask you straight up, which, which came first for you, a passion for uh, for teaching or for graphic design? Um, when I finished high school, I enrolled to do uh, graphic design at RMIT. Um, I was a very passionate Christian and was involved in youth groups um, but didn't really see myself as a Christian leader per se. And as I got older, so into my early 20s um, in attending church, I realised that I really did care about young people. Um, and so I finished my graphic design degree um, and then took on an internship with the Salvation Army where I started doing more leadership with young people. And then I thought I actually really like teaching young people um, and I thought, well, I could teach them art. And for me, art is wrapped up in spirituality in the sense of communicating, communicating really well. Um, so then that took me into doing my um, degree in teaching. So they were kind of hand in hand the whole way. Um, but, yeah, so I think the passion for art came first, um, but then I think God used those skills um, that I had at university to do ministry, um, particularly at PLC. Mm. And I was reading some older notes uh, about you that I think you'd written about the, um, that you said you were studying a Master of Education in Student Wellbeing. Is that still happening? I finished. Okay. Uh, I have. A, I'm a now master of student wellbeing. Um, <laughs> uh, so that was something that I wanted to do because my my majors and my big sort of studies were really in art. I had done a diploma of Christian ministry, um, which had one subject in counselling. And so I thought because of my role, student ministry coordinator, that was about spiritual wellbeing of students. And so I had the Christian aspect, but I wanted to learn more about um, the care of students in a counselling capacity. So I pursued the Masters in Student Wellbeing, which gave me some really good insights on a broader concept of caring for the wellbeing of girls. Mm. So that whole wellbeing area, what does that look like in your school? So are you still, in that sense, a counsellor? Um, we are a highly resourced school. So we have um, psychologists who are on staff at our school who take care um, of the girls' psychological needs. We have form teachers and year-level coordinators. Then we also have a full-time chaplain and then we have um, my role as well. So mine's more of a niche role. But I suppose as a, in a whole school context, I take care of the spiritual well-being. Um, 
but I'm also someone who is available to talk to girls, particularly about questions of faith in teenage years. That's when there's a lot of questions. Maybe I don't want to go to church. What do I believe as they learn more in their science classes? Well, how does my faith sit? Mm. Um, And I, I take chapels at our school, so trying to make spirituality relevant to the girls. If there was... If I was a first port of call for a student um, and there was a psychological area, I would definitely um, re- refer her to our school um, psychologist. So it's it's an in-between role, I suppose. Sometimes it's a first port of call for some girls, um, but we all use each other um, for different um, parts of the school as needed. Mm-hmm. What are your students like? And I know we have to be tricky here in talking about specifics, but generally as a cohort, do they sort of come to those times nominating your school as religious with a degree of excitement or is there something that you have to really work hard to get a sort of level of engagement with them? Um, Look, it really depends. For example, today was my first day with my students in Year 7 and I walked into my Year 7 classroom and the first question was, Miss Winter, are we having Christian Union today because it's Friday? And, you know, she hasn't even been at the school yet and somehow she knows about me and about Christian Union and I said, oh, not today, (laughs) we're just going (laughs) to... Get ourselves organised for a little bit. Um, but so you have that, which is beautiful and fantastic. And then I walk into my Year 11 Faith and Life class, which is non-assessed, one period of fortnight, um, and I'm met with a bit of uh, resistance. Um, why are we doing this? How is this important to me? How is this relevant? So I probably start my lessons much more with, I understand your position. I understand this is not... Um, a an assessed uh, unit for you. However, it is valuable and it is important. So before they even have a chance to resist, I'm already telling them I get you and I get how you might be feeling, mm-hmm. but know that I'm going to do my best to make sure this is accessible and relevant to where you guys are at. Mm. Fantastic. That? <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. It must be tricky and, and trying to assess that, I suppose, is part of your job as the teacher. Yeah. We do have a lot of Christian girls here. And a lot of families send their daughters here because it is a very, very open Christian school. Mm. Um, but at the same time, we have Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, um, and families who choose a school for their academic prestige as well. So, mm. a bit of both. Mm. And I might ask you a little bit more about that when we come to the third film. But let's now talk about the films you've chosen, really interesting ones. And the first one you've chosen is called Who is Perfect? The English subtitle reads, What about the shape of the foot? There are just three toes. I just love this. I hadn't seen it before. And I, and I particularly love, you know, the big reveal of the, the guy in the wheelchair, sort of, you know, wondering what they're going to do and, you know, just that sort of narrative structure I think keeps us interested and yeah. what's it going to be like and all that sort of thing. And I love, but my favourite was the reaction of, of the woman with the crooked back. I'm not sure what you call that condition, but, and she's caressing the mannequin I'm going, and, wow, I'm just, that is beautiful. And then to see all the reactions of the people passing in the street as well, it's just, it's, yeah. it's really fantastic. Um, this has had a lot of views online. Let me, let me start by asking you, how did you come across it? Um, look, how I find most of my films is really trawling um, and I have a um, Facebook account and I like a lot of different groups who p- post a lot of stuff. So people like Get Up um, is one of the groups I like, um, Common Grace, 
um, other social justice focused Christian groups who um, promote content is how I find a lot of my material. Um, and I will often just go onto um, another website called Yes He Is, which is a faith-based YouTube-style program, and I'll just scroll through their um, their homepage and see if anything takes my interest. Um, so it's often by chance. Um, this particular one, I can't recall how I found it, but what I do know is I found it about three years ago, and I've been sitting on it for almost two years, <laughs> just letting it sit there on my um in my folder on my computer are wondering how am I going to use this. So as soon as I saw it, I thought, that's great. And then I thought, oh, I have no idea how I'm going to put this into any context at school. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have? Yeah. Tell yes, me. I have, yes. So, <laughs> Tell me. Um, there so go. I've actually used it um, in the chapel context. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I could have used in my year 11 and 12 faith and life very easily, which is about ethics um, and values and beliefs, but I chose to use it for primarily for my year 11 girls at the end of last year who were going into year 12. And because I thought it was so valuable, that's why I chose to do it in a whole year level context. And my whole concept was they were heading into exams, they were heading into the pressure of my final year next year, they were coming in to be leaders of the school, and I really wanted to challenge the concepts of perfection that they had been taught by PLC, by their parents, by society, and ask them the question, who defines what is perfect and what are you and, and how are you going to walk with that knowledge in your final year next year? So it was an it was an end of year um, message for girls heading into a leadership capacity. But it was so successful and I had so much good feedback. I actually used it for all the year levels coming to the end of the year. I adapted the message slightly to suit. Um, but right from year seven to twelve, mm. I used uh, the material. Mm. And an and it, an all girls school too. I could have just imagine it just hitting so many chords right throughout those year levels too. Yeah. They were just so. They was and all the staff were incredibly impacted. It's quite a confronting video, um, and the girls were just absolutely silent uh, through the video. And you know, it was quite even a very moving video to at the end when uh, when the people are seeing you know, themselves in a mannequin. Um, And I talked to the girls about, you know, don't we love to see ourselves in leaders? We like to, you know, see ourselves in the world, you know. So don't just focus on the small images we get in our media, but where else can you look to to find yourself reflected? And, of course, I tie that into Christ and, you know, God's idea of who we are. Mm. It's also one other thing I wanted to pick up on this one was it is also an ad. So, you know, it's it's promoting something at the end. Now, I actually can't remember what it is, whether it's a particular brand or whatever. Just in terms of the does that the fact that it's promoting something, does it factor into your thinking when you're choosing something to show or is it just incidental and it doesn't matter? Um, it does. Um, I will edit little, I'll chop the end off things at times so it doesn't detract or take away um, from what I'm doing. This video, it wasn't really strongly advertising because it was it was made, yes, with a shop um, in Zurich, which again is insignificant to the girls, um, but the whole campaign of the, um, the director was all about um, the International Day for Disabled Peoples. Um, so the video was put together primarily to, um, to focus and celebrate that day. Um, and I, 
look, I didn't give the girls that much information. Again, I've got 15 minutes with them. Um, and so I use the material more as um, something that I can draw my own threads from. It's not so much a classroom where I would go into more detail about, you know, well, what, what is this video actually promoting? What's it about? Whereas I might do that more in a, in a faith and life class um, rather than just a, a chapel talk. Uh, yeah. but one of the things that I wanted to say that I did with the girls before I showed the video, I played a little game with the whole year level where I had three questions on the PowerPoint um, asking them what their concept of a perfect such and such was. So I asked the girls, you've got one word to answer and you're going to say it to the person next to you, what is your perfect um, food or your perfect meal? And then they say it. And what is your perfect um, day? What is the, your perfect friend? And the whole um, way I was doing that was to teach them that the concept of perfection is completely subjective um, and it's not really an objective idea. There's not one single idea. And getting them to actually go through the motions of answering questions and saying it, they realise it for themselves. Before I even have to say anything, they're going, hang on, we just had 100 different answers to the one concept of perfect. So that they, they did it instantly. And then I show them the video and then they make the links themselves mm. and you don't have to do too much to make it powerful. Yeah. Excellent. Let's let's go on to the next one. So this one was called What is Privilege? I feel privilege is something that you don't even really have control over. I think it'd be silly for me to say I don't have a fair amount of privilege considering like the country I live in and the job I get to do and the college I was allowed to go to. I suppose being a white male will help me end up somewhere towards the front, but I'll take a few steps back from being gay. I don't think I'll make it to the front. I think I'll maybe be in the middle. That's just the gut feeling I have. Now, I like how some people, you know, are holding hands and it almost becomes symbolic as the, as the people identify with different topics uh, and that simple act of being sort of connected initially just drops away as they become further apart, you know, such a, a strong visual idea. Um, and the first part is a game, which is, uh, which is, I guess, the exercise, and the second is the reflection, how people responded. I, I'm curious about, again, how you use it in class, and it, it, do you run it as an exercise first and then watch? Um, I haven't been brave enough to run it <laughs> with the girls. Mm -hmm. um, again, similarly, this sat on my computer for quite a while. When I first saw it, I thought, perfect, independent, private girls' school, a whole lot of privilege, um, you know, this will be really something that we can, you know, use in our classes. As a school, we have a sister school in Malawi, which is obviously incredibly underprivileged young women there. Um, then as I got to know my students a little bit more and the demographic, I realised there was actually a lot of underprivileged girls in my school, parents who were working incredibly hard, um, you know, working three jobs as cleaners. So I wanted to be more sensitive and I wanted to know my girls more before I used this. So I had sat on it again for a few years. I thought long and hard about how I was going to introduce it. So what I did was um, I got all the questions printed on a piece of paper and um, I talked to the girls about what do they define as privilege because when, when I first asked them, they would not see themselves as privileged. That's the whole concept really. So I asked them different questions about where do you think you fit in the scale um, of privilege in the world? Where do you think you sit in wealth? What advantages do you have? What disadvantages do you have? Um, and then I explained what the social experiment was about. So I gave a lot of context and I said, you know, this was 
to demonstrate 10 different people and there's 35 questions and because I just didn't want them to feel guilty about what they had in their lives, didn't want them to feel ashamed of what they had um, and I just was very, very mindful of being incredibly sensitive to the different demographics in the classroom. So I deliberately chose, yes, not to do the exercise because I thought that that would open up a kettle of fish that I wasn't willing to fish in. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I, I, I gave them the questions. Right. And funnily enough, some girls came up to me in, a few days later and she said, Miss Winter, we did this by ourselves with a group of friends. And I said, did you? How, how was that? And uh, she said it was really, really interesting actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we sort of just left it at, at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought, well, obviously they were secretly keen. Um, <laughs> I think perhaps it was better for them to do it as friends than me saying, come on, let's all see where we sit. That's fantastic because it, it kind of gets you off the hook. You know, I think half the tra- challenge of being a teacher is being careful about how it's going to go down with the parents when they get at home and all that sort of thing. And, you know, so their friends did it. That's fantastic because it's sinking in and they're actually investigating for themselves. That, that's probably the best endorsement yeah. you could get, isn't it? Um, yeah. and, and, I mean, you know, equality is such a tricky thing to teach in that sense because, as you say, you don't know where they're coming from. Um, just generally, you know, is this why you use short, fr- short films to bring out visually these, these big ideas? Um, in our school, we have a very wide demographic, particularly of language and of culture, um, and so I definitely do try to use smaller um, examples to help pull apart a much bigger idea um, and it, and also in the sense that my subjects aren't necessarily ranked as high in importance for my students. So I, I always try to do things that are quite engaging for them to get them hooked into um, the content. If I started the lesson by saying, all right, today we're going to talk about privilege, we're going to talk about, you know, our, um, people in poverty, you know, they kind of just glaze over a little bit. But using videos like this that are quite provocative, which allow the girls to come to the conclusion on their own, is far more powerful than me um, explaining it to them. Mm-hmm. It's really, you know, in many ways, this is values education, isn't it? You know, how much of what so the question I have is how much of what you do in student ministry is this type of values education? And I'm thinking particularly here of teachers, say, in a government school, you know, that don't have the religion and spirituality tag and, and how they might use a film like this too. Well, the two films we've talked about actually have no religious content mm. whatsoever. Mm. So you can certainly talk about um, poverty and injustice and you can talk about discrimination. Um, you know, all those things are are tied in with religion in the Bible in my context, but you, you certainly don't need to at all. Um, I was able to use two Bible verses for those two videos to tie it in with a ministry um, aspect. So for the one about privilege, I used the parable about the servants and the king giving the servants um, different amounts of responsibility, and one of the servants squandered his responsibility. When the king came came back, um, he was very harsh on that servant and said, you've done nothing with what I've given you. And I talked to the girls about, you know, so when we have privilege, we shouldn't squander it. We need to, you know, take it with respect and we need to make sure that um, we don't feel guilty about it, you know, whatever. But you don't need to put those Bible Um, ideas in there. I mean, the Bible has lots of truth and good wisdom 
um, that you can separate out from faith at the same time. Um, but in a in a government school context, I think any teacher who was teaching something like um, personal development or even even in a homeroom or a context where the girls and boys are um, looking at personal development um, or even in humanities and in social economic kind of stuff, you know, you can definitely use these as conversation starters. Wouldn't have to build a whole lesson over it. Um, but, yeah, the other thing I tied in with this privilege video was um, some statistics from my website called The Girl Effect, which was statistics about girls from all over the world. Um, so, you know, you, you, can, you could put that in there as well in economics um, or humanities, whatever you were studying. Fantastic. Okay, so just moving on to the last video. Um, who is Jesus? Uh, Jesus was a man, from what I figure. Who is Jesus? He was a dude lived back in the day. Pretty awesome. He had a beard. He was just kind of a guy with a really unique, positive message as that kind of gave a lot of people a lot of hope. He probably existed, but I don't believe that he was the son of God or anything. This is a classic Vox Pop collection of people on the streets and, and what do they think. So my first question about this is how do you use it and how do you set it up beforehand and, and what are you aiming to do in, in showing a short piece like this? Yep. So this is used in the classroom context, um, not in a ministry or a chapel uh, context. In year, year 7 program um, in semester 2, we introduce the person and the ministry of Jesus to our students. So this is a completely, because um, they're in year seven, I take the slant that they have no religious context. Some girls are Christian, some are from another religion, some have no concept whatsoever and barely have uh, have any idea of who Jesus is. So when I uh, do my first lesson in semester two, um, I do a really short quiz with random questions about um, things we've done in semester one, but also basic questions about Jesus. So, and it's multiple choice. So what was the name of Jesus's mother? You know, Mary, Martha, Margaret, Magda, um, you know, and just give them a chance to feel like, oh, I do actually know a little bit. And then I go on to say that there are many, many different opinions about who Jesus is. And I have a little handout with them. Um, with some fill in the gaps, and they have to try to copy down as much as the different types of words that are used to describe Jesus in the video. And I explain to them um, that Jesus is a tricky person, a tricky historical figure, um, and I refer to that um, C.S. Lewis comment of Lord, liar, or lunatic. You know, and he, in mere Christianity he talks about who, who are we going to say who Jesus is. Either you think he's Lord and he is who he says he is, Either you think he's a lunatic and he's a crazy person and he's deluded or you think he's actually a liar and he's lying about who he says he is. So I just give them permission to have a different opinion and give them to permission to say, you know, it's not so black and white and we're all going to have different views. And then I show the video to them. So after I show them the video and they've had an idea that there are lots of different opinions about who Jesus is and it's okay to not know, and it's okay to not believe. It's really important to me that they um, understand that they don't have to be a Christian and they don't have to believe Jesus is the Son of God to participate fully in my class. So I give them all a piece of paper that has an image of a brick on it and I just explain that we all make up a big wall 
Um, we're all individual little bricks and all of our opinions and our ideas are really important for the wall to stand up. So I get them to choose one word that they would like to use to describe who they currently believe Jesus is. And they just get a big black texture and they write the one word on the brick and then they come and give their bricks to me face down and then we all sit in a big circle um, on the floor and I lay all the bricks out into a brick wall and we just let the girls look at the diversity in our classroom. So they look at the video and understand there's diversity um, in the opinions of Jesus and then they have their own classroom experience and see it's very different. Some, some are very Christian. Some say Lord and Saviour and Helper. Some say, you know, Son of God. Some are very dramatic and say things like liar or lunatic. They pick up on the things that I say and think, yeah, I'm going to write that one down. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and is that something that happens at, a, at the younger level or right up to year 12? Or where does it sort of fit in the age of girls? I just do that in year seven with the, the girls as an introduction to Christ. I could probably do it in, in all year levels really. Um, but I choose to do it just in the Year 7 program. Mm. So what are the topics, you know, come out of that when you show that? Like does that sort of lead in other directions about, you know, Christianity as a complete, you know, system of faith or does it focus more on the person of Jesus? Where does it kind of – I'm just interested in the kind of feedback that that sort of elicits. A lot of girls ask about um, how do we know that Jesus was real? So it opens up the questions about um, historical texts And we actually do talk about um, primary sources and secondary sources with the girls. Can you actually take the Bible as a a text, as a legitimate reference that is going to tell you the truth? So we talk about um, it leads to how do we know an historical figure was actually a real person? And what other academic approaches can we use to decide if Jesus was in fact a real man that really lived um, and I leave the spiritual side of Christ being the Son of God out of the conversation because that is faith and that is about belief. Um, it requires something that is beyond fact to accept that. That's the whole point of faith. Um, but we, we, I focus more on can, can you walk away from this class knowing without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus was a real person who really lived and how would we test that? Same as do we believe that Caesar was real? Do we believe the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, was real? How do we test that? So trying to get the girls comfortable with the idea, I can believe that Jesus was a real person and not feel like I'm taking some giant leap of faith. Mm-hmm. So how do you know girls of other faiths respond to that and how does that sort of sit in the whole conversation? I mean, I, I guess, you know, as, as a Christian teacher in a Christian school, you know, as you've said, the, the girls come from all sorts of different backgrounds, but um, there would be one part of you that is sort of an evangelistic part trying to say, you know, I just hope all these girls become Christians. But on the other hand, you're also balancing that up, I could imagine, with you saying, well, my job is not to do that. It's actually just to encourage them to think for themselves. Is, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I I have two roles in the school. One is a classroom educator. One is an evangelical um, minister. And I treat those jobs fairly separately. So when I'm in my classroom in Christian studies, I want to, I treat them separately in the sense that that's a strategy evangelically as well. So I want the girls to know that I accept them 
and just as they are and I don't expect them to be Christians and it's not, I say to them deliberately on the first lesson, it is not my job to make you a Christian. I'm here to prompt you and challenge you and get you to think and question. In the chapel context, I would also say similar things but I'm far more trying to tap into, you know, where they're at and what's going on for them and then inject uh, spirituality in God and answers that God provides to sort of their problems. Um, If I do it in the classroom, it's very, very subliminal and the girls wouldn't have a clue that I'm weaving in bits and pieces, but I try not to do it because I I want girls to feel like they can come to class and they're not being pushed to believe what I believe. Otherwise, they won't come. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And just one one other thing, and it was something you said earlier about the, the different motivations that students have, and particularly, you know, at PLC at the higher levels, there's that sort of, you know, I'm not going to get a, a score. It doesn't count for my score, so why would I bother and all that sort of thing, you know. is that um, Does that particularly play out with, with, you know, films like this and the topics you're exploring here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Our principal said something very interesting in her assembly last year. She was talking about a prestigious university in England and um, the students were being interviewed uh, to get into the university and the students were highly academic, they prepared, they studied, they revised and when they got to the interview, the um, Dean of Studies said, do you think manholes should be circle or square? Whatever you decide, can you justify why you believe that? And she told that to the whole school and I went, perfect. So I went to my class and I said, so girls, should manholes be circle or square? And they were like, what? And I said, this is what this class is all about. And I said, to be a fully developed human, you need to be able to have an opinion to justify why you believe what you believe and you need to be well-versed in what other people believe. And I say to the girls, if you, want to, if you look at the world and all the problems and issues we have with um, squabbling between religions and, and all the huge fights and all the wars, and I said, girls, if you understand where someone's coming from, why they do what they do, what is the foundation of their faith, how much more likely are you able to get along and to see and negotiate and work through? So I just tongue-in-cheek tell them, you know, I'm preparing you to be people who are going to save the world from destruction, so you need to pay attention doesn't go on your report, but, you know, this is really, really important. And I can, I can get the girls on a humanitarian um, doing good kind of slant because they're very much into that. Um, yeah. The biggest challenge is that girls say people can believe what they want to believe as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. And my, I see what I do really saying, yes, but what does it mean to hurt another person? You know, what do you mean as long as it doesn't hurt somebody? You know, so I really try and then get to say, no, you might have that belief, but actually that belief isn't okay in our culture because women should be allowed to drive and be independent. So that is actually hurting someone, you know, and really getting them to think very deeply about, you know, why why religions have their practices and their beliefs and, and is it actually okay for them. Mm. Excellent. Thank you very much. Now, I'm just going to finish with one other question. I always like to ask teachers, what, what are their earliest, what are your earliest memories of the moving image? So short films, features, videos, anything that moved you when you were younger, particularly if it was one of your earliest memories. Can you remember something from your early days? 
Uh, I have two strongish memories. Mm. One is of play school um, and my siblings are both 10 and 12 years older than me. Um, so I was at home by myself with mum. I remember watching play school and being a very creative person, I would make whatever they made on play school. And so my mum has told that story many times. I have this very vivid memory of making a reindeer out of a paper bag stuffed with newspaper and drawing the reindeer's face um, and learning that from play school, I suppose. And the other memory I have is as a... Um, Late primary school is using the VCR to make mixed DVD, uh, mixed videos of rage and video hits. Mashups. So yes. So I loved music, um, and so I would record my favourite songs on uh, from video hits. And then when I had spare time at home, I would put the video in and I would let my songs play. But I was very interested in looking at the dance looking at what the people were wearing. Um, so for me, moving image was very delightful. Um, I just love movies like Moulin Rouge and Hugo, um, Baz Luhrmann. I think he just does such amazing, beautiful work and I just love the, the gorgeous visuals. You know, in Hugo, I love the dust particles that are, are coming in the train station. So for me, you know, moving image is about immersing myself into the story and it, it's in my later life in now um, it's a break from my own brain excellent thank you so much that was fantastic and uh, all the best for the rest of the year if you enjoyed this podcast subscribe to the show join a new facebook group or tell someone else who's looking for a short film for their teaching